All right, hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to Be Signed, the show where we discuss the week's events in generative art. My name is Will, and I'm joined by Trinity. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of art on the blockchain. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer a visual language on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. If you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens to our Tez wallet address, WTBS.Tez, and our ETH address, WTBS.ETH. That said, the best way you can support the show is by checking out our recently enshrined Patreon, patreon.com slash waiting to be signed. Huge thanks to everyone who's participated so far. It's a great way for you to set up an easy fiat method of supporting the show month to month. So go check that out. All right, Trinity, we are back. We took an unexpected week off. No big deal. Who cares? There wasn't even that much to talk about last week, to be honest. I know. Seriously. <laughs> it's like, what is art? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Art is a vibe. Art is a feeling. We love to be here. End of episode, you know? Cool. See you next week, Will. See you next week. <laughs> but this week, because we took a week off, we've got plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. I've got a few pre-show fun things to talk about. But what about you? Do you have anything you want to add here before I jump into some of my topics? Let's jump into some of your topics. Um, I saw some stuff being posted by you on Discord. First note up here is Will went to the Framer. Yes. It's probably about six months since the last time I went. He was super happy to see me. I brought in six or seven pieces that I've been collecting because every time I thought I had my critical mass to go, I ended up getting something new that I knew would be on its way. So the very last thing finally came, the very generously donated Zach Lieberman piece from first that finally arrived. And then I have nothing, at least that I'm aware of for now, that I'm going to be getting for a while. So took it all to the framer. It includes a Bruxanne Folds and the Luminogram. It is what it is from Marshall Switlick and that piece from Ken from one of his recent plotter pieces. So like a lot of cool stuff. I'm super excited to get it framed up. Those are some really big names there. Big names. Ken at the top of the list Obviously. by far. Yeah. Oh, and and you know, coming out of the Susanna interview, the Iskra piece now with the framer. So that's going to get up on the wall we'll as well. finally see what it looks like. Yeah, I opened it up. It looked great. Was that the one that almost fell off the roof of your car? No, that was one of my um, octets from okay. Marcel that almost fell <laughs> off the roof. Oof. Absolutely yeah. dodged. Man. Great story. Your framer must love you. It was great. He gave me, honestly, a great deal for the amount of stuff that came in. And you know, some of the pieces are going to take museum glass, and that's not cheap. So I was very pleased with the final price that he presented to me. And hopefully, I'll get those like sometime next week. That'd be cool. Super cool. How was your wall space coming? Are you running out yet? Yes. Running out, we actually started talking about maybe some pieces that might get rotated down for a while or getting creative and going higher on some of the walls. So sometimes like the guy who does maintenance in the building leaves his really tall ladder in the hallway. So maybe we'll like take advantage of that and hang some stuff higher up. But then I get kind of worried about the risk of it falling and stuff like that. So we'll see. We got to get creative. But there's enough room in my office in the bedroom still to accommodate this batch. It's going to be the next batch that's going to be difficult. I mean, I see a giant white space right over your right shoulder. Yeah, but the ceiling is very close here, so it can really only fit 
small things. So that there might be, by the time we get that stuff back, there might be another piece that's on the top of the bookshelf behind me here. I can't wait to see pictures. I can't wait to look at it when we record. It must be nice to be surrounded by this day in and day out and a reflection of your passion, your hobby, your second job. Yeah, as we talked about in Tez Talks today, as we did a live appearance on Tez Talks Live on YouTube, we talked about the joy of collecting things and owning them and getting physicals, right? So that was great. And by the way, anyone who's never listened to Tess Talks, go check it out. <laughs> we did We're a nice, yeah, we did a nice forty-five minute episode with them talking about the history of the show and our view on Tezos and the generative art space and all of that. So it was really cool. They've got like twenty thousand Twitter followers, which is insane. It's crazy. Someday we'll we'll get there. At the rate that we're going, it'll take ten more years, but it'll be well earned. But guess then. what? We'll be here. We will. We be will here. celebrate. I wanted to call out one other thing in the pre-show section. I want to recommend to everyone who listens to go check out an episode of a different podcast. There's a podcast that Leander turned us on to during his interview, or maybe it was like shortly after the interview that he told us to listen to this, but it's called Nota Bene. And they just released an episode, their pre-winter auction extravaganza episode where they have someone on who's like an auction expert in the world of traditional or legacy art. The reason I'm suggesting that everyone listen to this is not necessarily to understand the prices or you know find out what a Rothko is going for at auction these days, but the amount of overlap in the things that they discuss with the types of things that we discuss here in the Web3 space and in particular with art NFTs, they talk about fees being a huge factor impacting sales figures. They talk about the consolidation during this kind of bear market that they're also going through in that space, uh, the flight to quality newer artists who are having works going up at auction, things like timing, and is the right time to sell that? You know, is this piece a good example or is it more mid example? And like, is it the right time to put that piece up for auction, even though it's a really popular artist because it's not their best piece? They talk about provenance of pieces, pieces that have been held for 40, 50 plus years by one collector and, and like that collector being someone of note. There's so many things that they talk about that I think it's like really fascinating to hear because in our space, it's only two, two and a half years old and just the similarities. So go check that out. We'll put a link if you're listening on Spotify or in your podcast app below, just listen to it. And if you don't know the artist, I didn't know half of them. It doesn't matter. Just like kind of listen to the way they talk and just see it's like kind of shows, I think that kind of like micro macro of like where our space kind of is and where it could be going. Super cool. Thanks for sharing. I'll definitely take a listen. I think it's the type of thing that Claire would be down to listen to like on a road trip hearing more about the legacy art market, the trad art market, what have you. Now I'm just kind of worried that you're going to be like, art on the blockchain, that is so passe. Let's go back and uh, amp up the hobby a little bit. I wish. I mean, we need to add a couple zeros to the Patreon, I think, before we can start playing in their world. Actually, more than a couple zeros, like five or six zeros. <laughs> Donations are always accepted. Would we take real art? Somebody was like, here's the Mona Lisa. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, honestly, someone donating us the Mona Lisa might be a big headache in terms of the amount it would cost to insure it. Anyways, everyone go check that out. And the show is just kind of fun in general. I just listen to it because I'm a podcast addict and they're New Yorkers. And I love these ones where they talk about auctions. And I just was really like noticing all the overlap this week. All right. The proper show starts now. News. Where should we start? What's interests you? Let's start with the stuff that's the least interesting or perhaps the least relevant. And mm -hmm. this is SBF guilty. <laughs> that says it all right Surprise. There. Yeah. 
I'll I'll replug the Unchained podcast again on their coverage of this. But yeah, he's guilty. He's going to get sentenced in March. They'll probably appeal. They probably won't get the appeal. And then he's probably going to go to jail for 20 to 60 years is the Do best you think estimates. that's like really white collar crime? Like even Martha Stewart's out. Snoop Dogg is out. They didn't do like $14 billion of damage though. I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole of actually how minor some of those crimes that you just referenced were, <laughs> but like he single-handedly killed the the web three market by uh sowing a m- massive distrust into everything and plunging everything into a crypto winter winter from which we may never recover yeah and i don't think the jury okay. was even taking that into account to be honest i think that they were just looking at the fraud and the number of people who lost their deposits and i mean compared to martha stewart who did like fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars of fraud like insider trading man yeah serious business his is a lot bigger the maximum sentence that he could carry is like over 100 years. Wow. So if he got 40, that would be considered like lenient. Go listen to those podcasts to really hear some lawyers, especially talking about their view on it and why they think he might only get like 20 or 30 or 40 years instead of the full 100. And I thought it was worth mentioning because it's a big story in crypto, but it really doesn't have any bearing on. No, but he's got to be shitting himself. If I went up to you, Will, and said like, Will, sorry, you're going to spend the next 20 or 30 years in jail. Do I have internet? No, probably not. No, it's not Sweden. No, I wouldn't be down for that probably. You probably don't have podcasts either. I'd be pretty bummed. I'd probably read you might a lot get ripped. and get shredded. Yeah, I'd definitely get yeah. shredded. Honestly, doesn't sound... Well, never mind. We're not going to go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> how, how close prison is to your ideal life? Yeah, let's not go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would not do too poorly. No, I think you do pretty well. You just kind of chill. You know, you've seen a lot of Orange is the New Black, I assume. You're pretty well prepared. Yeah, that's exactly how that works, right? Yeah. Well, non-SBF stuff, we have a couple interviews coming up. Between this episode and last, we released our interview with Marcel Schwitlick, which is extremely relevant because right now, or just recently, Paris Photo happened, and his work, uh, along with a bunch of other stuff, was a part of the In Conversation With exhibit there. So if you want to learn more about Marcel's work, which we'll be talking about later in the episode as well, go listen to that episode with him. It was a really great interview. We also recorded an interview with Luke Shannon. The first time I had significant technical difficulties <laughs> with an interview and had to disconnect two thirds of the way through, but you guys landed it really well. It's done. It's edited. It's going to come out next week. Uh, have we landed on a name yet? I mean, I don't want to give the, the people spoilers, but we did basically talk about chairs for 60 plus minutes. The Luke side is pushing for waiting to sit. I'm also pushing for waiting to sit. <sighs> we have two votes for waiting to sit. So my personal feeling on, you know, the the kind of paradigms by which we name the episodes, they're usually like semi-serious when it comes to the interviews, at least. They're like pulling something that the guest said, something interesting. So uh, what what was my variation? Waiting to be no fun, no sit pants. Sitting not guaranteed, which I thought was pretty good too. And that was actually taken from the show, but we let the guests kind of have a hand in that. So it might be called waiting to sit. Which is funny too. I'm not going to say it's not funny. Yeah. I like the mirror of it. And, you know, I thought it was an exciting episode learning all about the process of creating algorithmic systems that help define what is or is not a chair. Kind of fascinating, honestly. And, you know, this is from a physical side. We were just talking about all the physicals that you had framed. This piece, which is coming out on Tonic later this month, does not Next need to week. be framed. It just needs to be sat upon. And we both might be going to that event the tonic event next week which would be really cool yeah i've got it blocked out i'm actually going to this one this is not a maybe 
I was considering going to a work trip in Buffalo, but then I thought, I don't need to do that trip. I can just do this instead. Buffalo is not a great place to take a trip to. No. That's kind of it for news. We have some topics to cover. Trinity, before we get into the topics, can you walk us through the new patrons and donations from the week? The two I would weeks? love to do that, Will. Thank you to the new patrons, first of all. We have Tristan, Dan Murphy, Alejandro. Thank you so much. And is it EGS 5000 or EGS 5000? I've always wondered this. It's the downside of the- I think it's EGS. The, we'll go with EGS 5000. So thank you so much for joining our Patreon and supporting us. We absolutely love and appreciate that. So thank you. We also have a couple of other donations to go through. We got two- Cable Management's from Rob Scalera, which was a release from this week. So thank you so much, Rob. And then Verse is gifting us two Mapan prints. Not the NFTs, but the printouts. So Huge. very exciting. What's your strategy going to be with those, Trinity? How thoroughly are you going to like do the wife test? Is it going to be like, you're going to do an array of 100? Are you just going to pick yourself and say, sorry, Toots, this is what, this is what we're getting? I'll give a short list of things. Like I think 100 is a lot. I need to start flipping through them a little bit more. I'm still really kind of anchored on the Fox output that I generated a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty much the best of the bunch since then. But I know that this is a deep algorithm and that if you keep on exploring, there are some really good gems to be found. Did you see my office chair output? I did see that. That was pretty good, right? Are you going to get that printed out and put next to your chair? I put it in the array for the wife test. So we'll see. Okay. So pick its final pick. Is it like the you get to create the initial list, she gets the short list, you get final pick? I'm not sure yet. Right now, okay. I'm very much trying to like show her a lot of options and kind of figure out what she likes, but the things that she's kind of gravitating towards are the things that I'm kind of like not so interested in. Oh, you got to put the, take this out of the list though. That's the trick. At the end of the day, it was a gift to us, to you and me, not to our wives. So, you know, if it has to live up here on in the office because it's one that I really wanted, then I reserve the right to make that decision for myself. But I'd also like to display it prominently. Yeah, but we've also already talked about your limited space. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a small print and sketchbook size. It fits right there. I could also just kind of like drop it and she'd probably forget. And then I could just do it all myself and it'll just appear in my office one day. But I'm trying to be collaborative. I'd, I'd love for it to be kind of more prominent somewhere. It's an amazing gift. So thank you to Verse for that one. You know, I know that we have a lot to talk about, but I do just have one other tangent to go off of. And this is going back in relation to all of your, your trips to the framers and everything that you're getting ready to display on your wall. And that is, do you think about the curation of the pieces in your home when it comes to what you get printed, what you get displayed and how you set them up? I noticed that there were some like color overlaps between your Roxanne piece, your unfolded, and the congradients from Zach Lieberman. That was coincidence, actually. Okay. Because the wife did pick the congradient completely, but the Roxanne one I picked. So there is a little little bit of coincidence there. I don't know where they're going to go yet. So <laughs> we'll see if they end up near each other or not. I actually think the congradient would look very nice out in the main room where the three Coronados are. And kind of like play up on the color of those because it, it itself is like a very nice, colorful piece. So I need to be more intentional about it. So that's kind of like a, probably a, a question for the coming years. Now that the house is getting filled, surely there will be more prints to come. 
more plots. So then it's going to come down to like starting to design rooms around different themes and what makes sense where. And we did start looking at flat files. That is the next level. You have your own DECA gallery, your own IRL DECA gallery. I think we need to get one because we have so much stuff. At the end of the day, some things might need to come down until we get a bigger place and we just, you know, store them safely and, or some things just maybe are very nice novelties to have, but it doesn't make sense to spend the money to frame them. But I don't want to just like leave them somewhere where they're not safe. 2023 is the year of the physicals. 2024 is the year of storage solutions. Hell yeah. There we go. And speaking of flat files, I think this is a great time to talk about <laughs> FX hash 2.0. FX Hash in the two weeks that we've been gone, formally announced 2.0 coming out December 1st. It's going to be big. We're going to do an interview. We're going to talk to Cyphered on the 14th, Tuesday. We're going to try to get that episode out the following week. There's so much happening here at Trinity. Like, What stands out to you? What is super exciting about this 2.0 launch? There's so many things that are exciting and just kind of going through the list of items that are coming out. I think the one that will be the biggest for the FX hash market is the release of Ethereum and not L2 Ethereum, L1 Ethereum. They're very specifically calling that piece out. And people who are all in on art blocks, here you go. Here's your on-chain ETH L1 generative art non-curated experience. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. It's a platform with a big brand, with a big reputation. And there's already a bunch of releases stacked up. Hand in hand with this is like this release calendar. They added this new feature where you can put your upcoming release into a calendar without actually uploading it. So that way you can kind of signal to artists and collectors, get ready, there's something coming out this day without actually having the code necessarily done and wrapped up and in the queue. I really like this. It's a nice way for us to look at it as we prepare for like our what's coming up section. And this is stacked. I mean, if you look at Ethereum, we have... Drops coming from like Reese and Anaglyphic, Liam Egan, Collapser Beauty, Rev Dan, Nudaru, it goes to Nagy, Macintosh, all have drops up in that calendar for sometime in December. Very cool to see, have this like new tool here. Uh, this is a whole other part of it that we'll get into the, with the discussion with Cypher, but they're like starting to do some more highlighting of projects, partnerships, kind of like a gallery-ish type system where there'll be people who will be able to like Kind of a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about, actually, right? Mm-hmm. FX Hash needs new ways to highlight these events and these partners who are releasing stuff, and this calendar is going to be a big part of that. It kind of reminds me of you know what we were talking way way back when we first talked to Cyphered a year and a half ago, which is crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Like that concept of curation, the curation layer, and originally it being like part of that DAO token thing. This is really bringing it back but making sure that is a little bit more selective, you know, which I think makes a lot of sense at launch. You know, you don't want this to be overwhelming or confusing. And I think the names behind this partnership, they're pretty stacked. Yeah. Tender, Chameleon, Expanded Art, Refaction DAO, Armeta, Bitforms, Artex Code, all players within the space. And we're not partners in there, which is weird. It's not that weird. (laughs) Why would we be partners? I don't know. I feel like we're pretty good ecosystem partners, Will. Oh, uh, well, we don't like corral artists and make drop. But I, I, I take your point. It would, be, it would be cool to be asked to be a partner at some point. Maybe that'll come someday. But sorry, continue. I interrupted. 
I lost my train of thought. Thanks, man. <laughs> but oh, sorry. It's exciting. Like I think the calendar thing, it's just, you know, part of me sees it as being kind of the bifurcation of the upcoming feed and like this calendar thing. Like super cool because I'm sure that the way that it works for artists is you can create your project and then upload the code to it later. And that would push it over instead of trying to do calendar management. I remember Tender doing that a lot during the, the hype days and managing that and keeping that up to date, especially from a curation side, is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And so by making it much more artist focused, I think that solves a lot of the problem. Yeah. Not that the calendar was really there for people who are not a part of Tender itself. I think the other big thing that comes up when I see this is open editions. Mm. It's one of those features that's kind of been a little bit underneath the radar, but it makes total sense for FX hash. I think it's something that's missing. You know, back when burning projects was like the big thing in the meta of like, I will keep this project open for however many hours or I'll artificially burn this collection sooner. It kind of gives you that same effect but without you needing to create an arbitrarily large project size. Yeah, it's interesting. And it actually, I think, segues really well into the topic-ish thing I want to discuss around this. Big surprise, another kind of like ecosystem pulling back, like let's talk about what's going on in Web3. You know, as you're talking about open editions, right? Like we have Prohibition, an open platform for generative art on Arbitrum. They had success with their Snowfro open edition, which they're calling inclusive edition, but they just launched their second one with an artist called Ben Canizé, who I'm not super familiar with, but that inclusive edition is only done 31 mints compared to like the 20 something thousand that the Snowfro one did. At the same time, we're seeing like OpenSea doing layoffs, revenues down, massive devaluations from investors. And like, so I, I guess like where I'm going with this is like, we're about to launch 2.0, it's super hype. There's a ton of artists on board. There's partners on board. All these new features. We might just be starting to come out of this crypto winter thing. So what's your best guess as to how this might play out, I guess, is the question with the FX hash move into ETH and kind of just like observing where the market's been going in general on that side. You know, I'm sure that we'll talk a little bit more about this when we get more into the project side of things. But I think that we've already seen a little bit more momentum with FX hash in terms of projects getting posted. I don't know about you or about anybody who's listening, but I've been looking at the incoming feed for the last couple of months and just, I kind of stopped coming and visiting FX Ash every day because it felt like there was nothing excited to really come back and see. But in the last week or so since this announcement, I feel like things have been feeling alive again. Not necessarily in the sense of projects are selling out, projects are flipping, everything's going to the moon, but just, in kind of like that re-emergence of artists coming back to the platform, experimenting with on-chain, releasing normal stuff as per usual. I think it'll be an, an era of like renewed interest. And I really think that it's gonna not be a great thing for other open generative art platforms on Ethereum. Yeah. I can't see how they're going to maintain volume if like FX hash really kills it. And it sounds like they will. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Prohibition, for example, they had a small group of artists at launch that they had lined up, only one of which even minted out from that like initial foray. Here, I mean, anecdotally, aside from the ones that are already in the calendar, 
reserve the right for these to change, but we've heard that we might get drops from like Casey Reese, DiMarchi, Echo 33, HAL 9999, Ipsketch, you know, Peter Pasma, Sarah Ridgely, Tyler Boswell, Volatile Moods. Like there's going to be a lot of people coming in for this. And I would assume it's a mix of FX hash reaching out and organizing around this, but also artists just like being like, yeah, I've been waiting for an opportunity to like release something cool on FX hash and this is the time to do it. So it's super exciting to see just the amount of interest that's kind of building up the groundswell of hype that's coming with 2.0. And it's actually something that I really want to talk about with Ciphered in the interview next week, which is kind of like the contrast of them being still this open platform, moving into Ethereum, getting all of this interest and hopefully a lot of activity and like people coming in and like actually feeling like the old days of people minting first what we've been seeing for the last year, which is a consolidation towards curated platforms, you know, tonic, art blocks, verse, and success being reserved for highly curated experiences, appealing to a, um, deeper pockets for the most part. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I have no idea. I can't make any predictions. If you had to make one sure bet, what would it be? I think the first week of December is going to be crazy. That's the only thing I feel really, really sure about is everything after that that I'm not sure about. Will that momentum continue forward or will it take another year of like this crypto bull market coming back before we really get back to like the old heyday of activity on the platform? I don't know. The list of questions for Cyphered is like so long right now. So <laughs> like I don't even want to spoil too much of it because I'm really looking forward to the conversation. It's crazy to think that it was just about two years ago today, November 9th, as we're recording this, that it all started, it all began. It's crazy. You know, as we're thinking about the FX hash 2.0 release, first week of December, that's when, you know, a lot of really big things came out. That was Dragons, that was Garden Monoliths, that was Farb Taylor, Farb that was Taylor. Uninhabitable. Like, yeah, there was so much in December, that December was wild and crazy. And I'm so excited to see another wild and crazy December on FX hash. And you know, it's the week that's leading up into Art Basel in Miami. I don't think FXS is going to have any real presence there. Maybe people will show up, but it seems fortuitous. I hope so. I sense good things. We'll have to wait and see. That's kind of it. I think everyone should just stand by and wait for that ciphered interview. We're going to ask him a ton of questions about just the platform in general, his take on the market and the vibes of 2023 and what's going on in 2024. But we need to move on because there's so much art to talk about. Trinity, I see you. Did you get a pickup here? Did I see in the notes? I did get a pickup. And it actually does correspond with our last news item. Apologies, I got disconnected. My mic went bad. It sucks. But our last episode, I talked about having an offer out on Tick. There was a very nice green or red one sitting on the floor. And I was trying to go after it. And I did not get that one. Somebody else picked up on my collection offer, and that person was Galaxy RGB. Well, you got one of Galaxy's in his mass liquidation this week? I did. It was actually before most of the liquidation occurred. It wasn't necessarily the tick I was looking for, but I will go for it and I'll keep it. It has owned by Galaxy, so that's Amazing that's sick. provenance. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure that based off of that provenance, my provenance... Very valuable tick, folks. Future Grail for sure. An interesting corollary for sure to like just the general sentiment market to have one of like the biggest and most vocal supporters of FX Hash like selling a bunch of stuff, not just ticks, but RGBs, but at the same time still holds 
more in his collection than you and me and probably five people that we could think of together. <laughs> so I don't know how much of a signal it is that it's worth discussing, but it's certainly like it was something to talk about and discord. Something to talk about, yeah. It was certainly, which we're never going to say no to. All drama is good drama. Yeah, it was riling up a lot of speculation, a lot of like, what does this mean? And at the end of the day, right, like unless someone comes out and tells you why they're selling, you never know if it has anything to do with their actual conviction in the market or the art versus things that are going on in their personal or professional lives. Like obviously Galaxy does a lot of stuff with crypto in general. So there's so many exactly. reasons. And so I'm not too worried about, about it. I just hope that if it's for personal reasons that everything with Galaxy is okay. But in the meantime, I will appreciate the sales feed blowing up and things being very exciting. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I wish I had, uh, as much as I appreciate and love Obi for holding that Contra for me for so long and that I could finally get it, I was like really wishing I had that 1500-ish Tez this week to throw out some offers <laughs> because there were some deals flying. Were you thinking about picking up another RGB? I mean, at a sub 1000, which some of them went yeah. for, I certainly would have gone for a second RGB if I had the liquidity for it. I think the coolest sale was um, actually offered from Obi, which was an RGB that was like pretty much fully symmetrical and black and just really stands out. It was kind of crazy that it went for that low. You know, it's probably a grail RGB. So congrats to Obi. Great pickup there. Some other really nice ticks that went as well. I Honestly, the thing that I was thinking about really trying to make some offers on are some of the earlier HX series from Thomas. He was a very early collector of Thomas's stuff. He has quite a bit of the earlier stuff, some really nice outputs. And I was thinking like, man, can I actually get some like lowball offers in on these? But knowing his passion for photography and AI stuff too, I figured probably he just wouldn't accept them. Is that the signal? Thomas Noya continues to be great. If I threw we'll out believe. some 30 to 50 Tez offers on his stuff and he took them, then I'd be worried. Maybe I should have tried it for science. It might be too late. It might be too late. I feel like he's done selling at this point. All right, let's talk about some art. Should we stay on FX Hash here before Hell we yeah. talk about some other platforms? All right, so one of the top projects from the last two weeks, one that was super exciting and fun to see, Cosmic Poems by Mark Webster, FX Hash, on chain. 500 editions, 24 Tez, a classic slow mint. At this time last week, if we had reported on it, it would have still been open, but it is fully minted out now. And I'm not sure if this is the conclusion of Mark's Cosmic series, but it's certainly an excellent addition to it. An on-chain addition. Do you grab any of these? Hell no. I was busy <laughs> workshopping. Okay. <laughs> but I do see that it has a pretty good secondary market. Obviously, the slow mints, they get held. Floor is 33, highest second sales, 150, and less than 10% listed. All pretty good signs. It's super nice. And instead of this one having animations like some of the past ones does, it actually does have some hidden key commands where you can get it to change. So even if you're you're locked into one particular color scheme, you can play with the keys on your keyboard and you can find different palettes and different configurations there. So there is some interactivity to it. I really like this oh. one too for how much extra, how much the text kind of makes sense in it versus some of the other where it seems like the text was a little more in that concrete abstract style of just kind of like being there to be there. 
but here you can often find complete words and phrases amidst other graphical elements kind of breaking it up. You get a lot of nice emergent structure on this one and just super happy to see, you know, 500 pieces at 24 Tez in the market as it's been. That's a lot to ask. That's and, a and lot. It got there. I'm actually, I'm really surprised at that, to be honest. I didn't realize that that was the primary price point, but that's crazy. Only 40 listed. So it's under 10% listed. It's a very early on-chain piece in FX hash, a super exciting piece. I would encourage anyone who missed it to go check out the secondary while you can. There are some pretty appealing ones still in like the 30 to 40-ish Tez range. I do have to say that flipping through the variations, it's interesting that none of the variations really appear as the primary version in any piece. You have to go hunting for them. I think that's pretty cool and helps makes the project feel a little bit more cohesive when you're looking at like a project page. Not that the the cohesiveness is something that matters too, too much, but there's thought put into that rather than just trying to go for all of the wild variation at the outset. Yeah, very cool. I minted two. I went back over the course of the week. I started with one. I got number 124 and then I went back later and got number 268. Two very nice greenish palettes. I would put them in the Celta Zancan category for sure. Both very complimentary and just continue to be a fan of Mark's work and this text-based stuff. It's always really cool to see. Also, you know what's cool, Will? It's talking about art on FX Ash. I feel like we haven't done that for a while. We've done it and we're going to keep doing it. We got a lot of stuff of in shout it's just too. It's been a bit. That's all I'm saying. It's been a bit, but... <laughs> now let's talk about some stuff that's not on FX hash because there was actually quite a bit happening off platform this week. I think the biggest one being trichromatic by Mount Vitruvius, who does have some work in FX hash, by the way. We did see a few people going mm-hmm. back and picking up, but this is Artblocks curated. It dropped just yesterday, November 8th. It minted out around 0.84 and the floor has exploded on this one. I think it's up around one and a half, maybe even close to two ETH. 1.4. I mean, still pretty crazy considering it's 600 editions. Damn. Which is like compared to the Jerez, which I think was like what, what, like 250 or 300. I mean, that's insane action on the secondary for this piece to continue to like grow the floor. Granted, it's only been a day, right? So there's still plenty of time for this to kind of peter out. I would say it's not super surprising, right? We talked about this one, I think, a few weeks back in the... Looking ahead section. And we had it pegged as a pretty obvious win. <laughs> it's almost a too obvious of a win. I think it's kind of screams classic quintessential generative art just through its geometries, if anything else. Yeah, people love a grid. People love color. The nice thing about this one is, again, it's not done through like a classic palette A, palette B but it's doing some kind of like algorithmically driven color palette stuff, which plays out really nicely. I played a lot with this generator actually last week, thinking about maybe submitting to a contest that you could try to get a free print. There are going to be prints with these two, which might be driving a lot of the secondary action, which is really nice. I would say this piece is like super tasteful, super well executed, definitely putting Mount Vitruvius on someone that I want to talk to in 2024, especially if they're going to do more work on FX hash. That'd be sick. You know, I remember talking about Render's Game, which was their Art Blocks Presents piece that came out either last year or earlier this year. And that was something that I feel was incredibly successful for an Art Blocks Presents piece. You know, classic generative art, great colors, great textures. 
it's kind of surprising that, you know, I think it's been a little bit forgotten. I had forgotten about it. I was thinking I'd been looking at the FX hash stuff, but yeah, this one is kind of like the crazy mashing of like fragments of a wave. Yeah, it's like a fragments of a wave, but with like different colors and it gives me some Shivan Boulder vibes too. I remember we talked about this piece. The floor is actually pretty close to one ETH right now. It's doing pretty well. Perhaps it, yeah, it definitely. got buoyed by the success of the Artbox curated piece. You know, and I think that also, especially on OpenSea over time, listings fall off, they expire. And so the percent listed gradually goes down unless people, right. you know, relist. I don't know if that's a feature <laughs> or a bug. Hi, Claire. <laughs> Pause for sync. <laughs> Pause for sync. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you think? Definitely an artist that we should probably talk to next year, right? Absolutely. Can't wait to see what else is in the pipeline. I'd be really interested to dig into their process and figure out like, um, the thing that I think about when I look at their work is like the amount of polish that goes into it. And just to dig into that process of like, how do you go from this is good enough to like, no, like really pushing it over the top. Because in particular, their art blocks work really stands out to me of having that extra layer of polish that I think really pushes it to succeed, especially in that market with like those collectors. Like, especially if there aren't color palettes and that they're being like generated on the go. Because being able to find that correct balance is something that is fantastic. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit with Melissa Wiederach, you know, all of the colors that she uses and how they all kind of work together. I wonder if there's something similar going on or if it's something closer to what exactly Rimin does in regards to the light and color generation. All right. This is the official invite. Are we sending out an invite call out via podcast? Yeah. MV, if you're going to do something cool on FX Hash or Verse or another platform and you want to talk to us, or just you want to talk to us in general, it'd be cool to learn about your process. Oh, yeah. Huge congrats. Kind of cool to see two back-to-back big Artbox curated releases that actually minted out at a really good price, had a lot of volume on the secondary. I feel like that bodes well for trends in general. We also talked about it earlier today on Test Talks about the proliferation of FX Hash artists onto other platforms. You know, yeah. And it's something that we've talked about a lot in the past, just the ability to get more reps in through a non-curated platform and build a following, build an audience, become well-known, but also obviously kudos to the, the artists for doing the work and you know getting the broader recognition that is obviously so well-deserved. And on that note, let's talk about an artist who got some broad recognition this week, someone who was an FX hash artist who we followed a lot, talked about a lot on the show. Eric Andwer had his first that I'm aware of non-FX hash piece, Constraint on Verse. This was an artist curated auction that came out November 7th, 250 pieces. You could bid and then you would get one at random. Did you check these out at all? No, this is actually the first I've really been taking a look at it. Eric, I'm really sorry. It's been, <laughs> it's been busy, but it's really spectacular, especially coming off of the FX hash work. Not that the FX hash work isn't amazing, but this is definitely... I think taking it to another level for sure. Yeah, I was really excited to see this one go up. I flipped through the iterations. I put in some smaller bids. It got out of my range. I was happy to see it surpass my range of bids. I would say I'd probably be happy with like one half of the outputs. I mean, the variety here is really crazy. Some -hmm. of them are hyper minimal. Some of them are like maximalist colors. It feels like one of the most random 
pieces that verse has actually put up like if you scroll through it's like not the most cohesive series unless it's being cohesive in its incohesiveness it's also funny called constraint i was just gonna say yeah to see the just like the diversity of outputs the diversity of color use and like how some of them seem like so harmonious some of them seem really aggressively dissonant and dour and depressing and some just seem so hope i mean just like the gamut of emotions and compositions here. Super cool. Eric, also someone that we need to have on the show in the next year. Also, you can see looking at this, the through line to his work on FX hash, right? Mm -hmm. Like especially his more recent pieces in particular, let me fall. I see a lot of overlap here in that style, even going back to some of his other stuff, like disorientation or Tempe, Arizona. Mm Mm-hmm. I love this story. I love to see as much as we want artists to like stay on FX hash and keep dropping there. We also love to see them getting curated and picked up by some of these bigger platforms. So big congrats to Eric there. And also shout out to lonely boy for being the one who brought this piece and having the eye out there on Twitter. Sorry. just like pulling up Eric's FX hash pieces. You know, it really takes me back. Like Rosser, I think was such an iconic piece when it came out in December, 2021. Yep. People were going nuts over it. You know, I just remember all the conversation and, you know, it was one of those projects that absolutely exploded. And then Grian didn't. I was like so high on Grian to be a big follow up to it. And for whatever reason, people didn't seem to attach to that one. I don't get it. Now, I think Grian, maybe it had performance issues. I forget. I think it's still cool. It is. And it was three Tez. I miss FX Ash. <laughs> I mean, it's still here, but like, you know, like the old days where things were like, you felt much more able to explore and, you know, able to take chances and the accessibility was such a good thing back in the day. Keep your fingers crossed for December. We'll see if we recapture some of that magic. The other big news out of verse this week, which is loosely in the top five projects, but this is more of like just a big exhibition they've been doing. So obviously we had Marcel on and we talked about composition 92, which he was releasing as part of the in conversation with exhibition at Paris photo, which is being run through verse. This exhibition features not just work from Marcel, but Manfred Moore, OG, OG in the space. So I guess they must have acquired these or found a collector who's consigning them through verse. Then Matt Delorier, Mario Klingemann, Sophia Crespo in collaboration with Anna Riddlers, and Def Beef. And the Def Beef one is also kind of a consignment thing because it's a secondary market piece that's going to be sold through verse. So this is quite an interesting move by verse here where they're like, selling some new stuff, some generative series and NFTs, but then also having these like Manfred Moore pieces. I'm actually not sure if they are NFTs. The Def Beef is a really OG, one of the first NFTs. And the Sophia thing is crazy because it's like one real physical piece. And if you buy it, you get 25 NFTs <laughs> with it in a package. So this is like just a wild pastiche of like things that they're trying to sell at this big event here. So far, very few things have sold. Granted, that is partially due to art world pricing for the yep. most part. The Sophia Crespo piece, you know, it's listed as 25 here, but you're right. It is one piece with 25 NFTs. Primary price is $28,000, just over 13 ETH. Same for the Def Beef. The Def Beef is priced at 25000 This makes sense, right? This is kind of like an art fair. This is like people are showing things at those prices. These are probably on the cheaper side for a lot of the stuff that's being shown there, to be honest, would be my guess. Maybe not the Manfred Moores. I mean, the Manfred Moores are like 
42,500 each, quite expensive by NFT standards even. Although honestly, less than a ringer, less than a lot of the grailish stuff. So kind of looks like a bargain to get a real one of one Manfred Moore piece at that price. We can go in on it together. What if we just said like we consigned the next 25 years of uh, Patreon to Jamie? Would he give us a, one of these Manfred Moores, I wonder? Well, we need to get two of them. Okay. So the next 40, we need to get 40 years of, of Patreon. <laughs> sure. Hell yeah. That said, you know, there are some pieces that are slightly more accessible. The Matt Delorier piece, it is ranked auction similar to how first normally goes. Granted, it is only 25 pieces. The current lowest bid is 20 bucks, And this is going to close on November 12th. So I'm sure it will go up, but predictably not into the $42,000 range. So Yeah, we already have some bidders in in the $1,000 range, anticipating it getting to that high. Also on the affordable side, we have Marcel's first digital piece that I'm aware of, at least as an NFT, Composition 92 Digitals. NFT only, no physical associated with it, and they're just a flat $100. Half of them have sold so far. They've been slowly getting picked up during the day. I actually minted one. Nice. You know, he's been kind of showing these on Twitter for a while, and I wasn't super into them as he was showing them kind of one at a time. You know, I still think the the minigrams are cool, the ones that he's selling here are out of my price range. But it was honestly folks in Tender really talking about it just this morning and advocating for it and like, talking about how much they like the piece. So I had some balance on verse. I went and minted one. I actually got a pretty sweet one, so I'm not mad about it. And now I own one of his first digital only pieces. So that's pretty cool. That is very cool. And it is still available to mint. It is half sold. So if you want to have access to Marcel's first piece, absolutely go for it. And mine for your reference charity is number 92 the purple one right yeah purple and black is kind of got like a cool kind of feels like a curtain like a beaded curtain it's really nice i think that kind of covers it for like the top projects of these last two weeks tons of stuff to shout out as we wrap this episode we're already going long so let's get through these shout outs really quick a ton of fx hash stuff if you want to start there Trinity, where do you want to go let's go with the first one that gave me an embarrassing moment on a conference call last week which was (laughs) kink by Pixel Symphony, which is a super pleasing on-chain piece that is just incredibly geometric with its outputs, super clean lines, super clean colors. Really enjoyed it, except for when I had the tab open when I was sharing my browser window and I had to quickly close it because it's called kink. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want my clients to get the wrong ideas. Depends on the client, maybe. This client, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they'd be into it. Well, maybe they'd also be into the fact that this is a redeemable project. So for 30-ish Tez, you can get this plotted and sent to you, which at the current price of Tez, which is still under a dollar, is not very much. Um, Super cool execution, not just of on-chain, but also of using the redeemables. These have since minted out. I think at the time when I put these in the notes, they were not minted out. There's like 20-ish available on secondary. They're still pretty affordable if you want to get yourself a nice little plotted piece here mm-hmm. and some of these look like they would be absolutely awful to plot and by awful <laughs> i mean very complicated to plot that's more value i'm specifically looking at number 192 which is different in placing with its just cool hatch geometries right near the bottom number 125 looks like a super sick one that could be mm-hmm. just plotted it almost has like an asemic writing kind of quality to it which as we know 
is a FX hash classic theme to go for. Bingo. So go check this one out. Kink by Pixel Symphony. Another one on FX hash to shout out Lose by Catherine B. And this is a new artist. I wasn't familiar with Catherine B. It's an on-chain piece, only four testament. It's about 75% minted. There's still a few left. And I just thought this is a really nice, tasteful first piece for Catherine to release on FX hash. It I like the really colors. Is. Yeah. At Fortez, honestly, it's worth minting a couple. As a bonus, it's on chain. This is their first project, so they're not verified yet. So obviously, like I think a few caveats are needed, as with any artist who's their first project, but they have a social media, 800 followers. Sounds like they are a PhD in biology. I minted it with confidence, not sweating the Fortez too, too much. And I encourage everyone to go check it out. It's super pleasing. Amazing shout out. I remember seeing this coming through the, the feed and it was like, that was one of the things that got me excited about, you know, this week in FX hash or this last week in FX hash. So I will go get some. I do not have my wallet synced on this laptop, but I will get some when I get back to the other laptop. Just while we're also on the topic of FX hash, wanted to shout out Hoopla by Bleaker.art. It's a piece that caught my eye when it first hit the incoming tab a couple of weeks ago was before we skipped our last episode. This is the ultimate Params project. It is literally described as for Params lovers, <laughs> which I'm not necessarily one of those things, but I know that QQL is probably the, the prototypical Params project. Obviously, uh, QQL has like pretty big artist name attached to it. But if you like dots and you like rearranging dots and getting to the finest fine tune of what things could look like or where they could be, and like that is your happy space, Hoopla is for you. You know, we've seen quite a big diversity of outputs so far. Like it looks like this is an algorithm that can do pretty much anything if you put your mind to it. This is truly a collaboration with the Minter. I didn't know this was a params piece, so I just opened the params menu here. And this is the longest one by far, the most fields I've ever seen in a params project. And for two Tez, I mean, <laughs> you could get uh, many, many, many hours of <laughs> pleasure out of manipulating this, I'm sure. And just looking at some of the outputs here, people are getting pleasure. I feel pretty yes. safe saying that. Hopefully that's not too not safe for work for you, Trinity. No, it's perfect. Uh, did you play with this at all? A little bit at the start, uh, mostly just by kind of hitting that random button yeah. to really see what comes out. And I think that's kind of the hack for really complex params. But seeing what some people have clearly been able to get out of this and, you know, also minting multiples that are similar, like Bleaker.art, you know, obviously the artist has created some triptychs and diptychs that really can be. So I think that this... It's probably worth it just for the fun and experimentation. Yeah, maybe tomorrow if I get the episode done quickly. I mean, there's still like plenty to mint. Uh, it's about half minted. It's only two Tez. Maybe I'll get lost in it and not figure it out. But at two Tez, I'll definitely give it a shot. This is pretty rad. It's one of those things where you also have to make sure that your ticket doesn't expire. That too. <laughs> <laughs> so la last one here from FX Hash before we move on to some other stuff. I want to shout out Cable Management by Rob Sclera. We already kind of shouted it out because Rob was kind enough to donate two to us after I said, ah, oh, we missed the mint. Because it actually minted out really, really fast. Not Rob's first piece on the platform, but I would say his first one that really like took off. 300 pieces. It was on-chain. 
And it kind of reminds me of Impressions of Order. 100%. Kind of in that similar style of just like really nicely tuned lines with varying widths and angles, really pleasing palettes. Love seeing this one coming through. I was really hoping to mint it and everyone else scooped it. So there's some great outputs in here. I particularly like the palette 55, kind of more pastel-y with some pinks and greens and yellows. Hey, that's my line. I feel like we we both converge towards those palettes, though. Yeah. And also on chain, I don't know if you mentioned that already, but worth mentioning again. On chain has just been a huge boon for FX hash too these last couple of weeks, like people wanting to come back and play with that. I think that's the value of innovating because I think we saw a couple of long months with little innovation coming out on FX hash, obviously, things like redeemables coming through. Um, which saw some usage, but I think on-chain has been the thing that people have been waiting for for two years at this point. So it's get the, the creative juices flowing. Yeah, and shout out to Rob for a nice successful drop here that not only minted out, but had some secondary action to it. All right, Trinity, what's going on off-platform that we want to shout out? We've got a couple pieces here. One from Lisa Orth on Mprops. Mprops member token E27. I've not been keeping up with everything that the member tokens have been doing. Very different piece from Lisa from her prior work on Mprops, which was the... Uh, kind of like photography-based one, right? Yeah, it was like New York City photography, which was really cool. And you know, there, there hasn't been a ton of photography on Mprops. So Lisa's at the time that that came out. I like how Lisa's she's jumping in. She's doing something new. I don't think it would be Lisa without the newness there. We're shouting this one out. It was a hundred editions. It hasn't minted out yet. It's it's about half minted. 0.2 ETH. 0.2 ETH. I think it's it's you know it's on the more expensive side because I think when you own this, you get a lifetime subscription to Mprops Open Studio. So you're getting like unlimited use of their compute, which is not trivial when it comes to this AI stuff. So that's kind of baked into the price. The pieces are also really nice. They're inspired by early 20th century spiritualist art. I'm not actually sure what E27 is as far as a reference, but... I'm sure that we can go back and look at uh, episode 27 of Waiting to be Signed. That would be really funny. Is that it's the probably that. It's 100% no. that. There's no way. No. She was not our 27th episode. That would be too weird. Episode 27, Grids Studied. Wow. That was That's like that big Elsif drop, drop. That was when all those artists exhibited at that event and they all did grids that was also <laughs> also interesting this was the the tender pass released wow so some kind of reference to the tender pass i don't know definitely that's a deep cut yeah big deep cut <laughs> i mean either either way go check it out the pieces are really nice you know point two is too rich for me as someone who has no time to sit and make ai art but if you're interested in trying out the tools and collecting a really nice piece Go look at Lisa's work here. And lastly, let's shout out Suffering by Roxanne, which was released on Foundation. They call them like worlds. I think these are kind of like curated pages. I'm not really sure what's going on with I actually even like asked Roxanne and I still didn't really understand what was going on with it. But there's a Brave New World world on Foundation, which has curated Roxanne recently, an edition of five, a piece that he's called Suffering, 0.3 ETH to mint. They come with a print. They come with an embedded like NFT device, which I thought was really interesting. Like the print does? I think it's in his tweet here. 
Yes, each of the five tokens comes with a signed and additioned print, which includes an IYK app chip to allow collectors to claim physical ownership. They create tangible digital experiences. So I don't know if this is like an RFID thing or what, but kind of cool. It is pretty cool. That hybridization, right, of physical and digital. So something to learn more about at the very least. He's pushing the envelope when it comes to uh, new technologies, you know, getting first in on uh, what was the thing with Bitcoin? The ordinals, yeah. The ordinals, getting in on FX hash early, the digital side. Yep. It's really cool. It kind of has hypnagogic vibes, which is such a powerful piece. It's definitely continuing that exploration from him. It's still too available. If you don't have a nice physical piece from Roxanne and you like this type of thing, go check that out. Again, it's called Suffering. Suffering awaits. The end of the episode is in sight, Trinity. Looking ahead, we've got our Luke podcast episode dropping. Waiting to sit. It'll probably be called that. His live event with Tonic in the city. We're both going to go, fingers crossed. We've obviously got FX Hash 2.0 coming up. All the releases coming with that. We've got our Cypher interview coming up. We also have some art coming up, including, I see you mousing over it. Anna Lucia. Anna Lucia is coming back to FX Hash, at least according to this tweet. Almost Lauren Bednar looking color palette here in what she's posting. Gray on gray. <laughs> kind of gray on gray, but that very particular gray that Lauren tends to use in his work. No idea if this is going to be part of that first week or what. No idea if it's going to be ETH or on-chain. You're right. We don't know. But when she tweets, I'm coming back to FX Hash, we listen and we report it. And so we're looking ahead to it. <laughs> It'll be really cool to see something like from her that's very devoid of color. It's the not art for walls in public spaces. That reminds me, you do have another physical piece coming in. How's your quilt going? Ooh. Sorry, tangent. That should be arriving around Christmas. I was just FaceTiming, doing some baby FaceTime with my mom yesterday. And she was in the middle of uh, working on it. When I last saw her, we discussed how she was going to quilt it by machine or by hand. And we decided to do a machined quilting process because Anna's pieces being like very more like grid-like and clean, having like those cleaner lines, I thought were going to fit the piece better even if doing a hand quilted process might be more historically accurate to the G's Bend quilters. So it is definitely going to be delivered by Christmas or she's not invited. Okay. She has go. to stay in the car with her sewing machine. Quilting <laughs> Keep machine. going. Yeah. We're, we're super excited to get that. And obviously there'll be a ton of pictures when that arrives, but yes, very thank you exciting. for prompting a check-in. Looking ahead. We're looking ahead to the we quilt arriving by Christmas. It. You know, Christmas is way closer than we think. I mean, honestly, it's basically oh, Thanksgiving God. now. And then that sprint to Christmas is so fast. And then New Year's and it's going to be wild. God. Yeah, I think I have every week planned between now and Christmas, except for Christmas, because we don't know what we're doing. Do less. Always do less. Last looking ahead piece. Verse had a big announcement this week or last week. I can't remember which. They're doing a, an event in London on the 25th of November. I think this is part of Freeze London, or I'm not sure how it it's works. It's at the Freeze space. Freeze London was last month. I looked this up in preparation. Okay. Because that would have been really cool if this was part of Freeze. That would have been huge. Alas. It's still big nonetheless. It's a, it's a massive live exhibition at number nine Cork Street, the Freeze space. I think it's called Here. 
but it's going to have work by Kevin Abosh, Sophia Crespo, again, Jan Robert Licia, A. Murakami, Joe Pease, Rupe Renisto, and a bunch of other folks who might be from the traditional art world or might be from ETH that we're not aware of. So it's going to be a big exhibit. We didn't talk about this. We might talk about it in the future in an interview with Jamie, but Jamie posted a tweet thread this week from his personal account talking about galleries and NFTs and digital art. Very long thread. It prompted a lot of discussion. And I feel like this move by them to like kind of co-exhibit traditional artists with NFT artists and build those bridges kind of plays into some mm-hmm. of the philosophy of what's going on with first. So very much looking forward to potentially talking to him again and getting their take on all of this. But just first 2.0, let's go. Yeah. We definitely have to have Jamie back on around the start of the year, don't you think? I agreed. Jamie, if you're listening, hit us up. Let's get it in the books because the start of the year is sooner than we think. It's already here. It's basically already here by the time you're listening to this. I think some of this stuff is already up on their website, not with all the information, but you can see some of the upcoming stuff like the Rupe piece I think is up there. So go check it out. And I think that's it. I think we did it, Trinity. We did it. We did two weeks of work. A lot to talk about. A lot of art, less market, less drama. It feels good. Oh, one last thing that we should say in looking forward. We might, on or around FX Hash 2.0 launch, have our next artist collab. Should we start previewing that? I think this is the announcement of the announcement. Probably only die hard to listening this long. But we are working with an artist. We're actually working with two artists, but only one is going to be ready sooner rather than later. We might not do it that first week because I think that first week is going to be massive. I don't know if it's going to be on chain. I don't know if it's going to be... I, I don't know. I kind of feel like we should just do another like classic Tezos IPFS drop, but we got to talk to the artist and figure out what works best. It's been quite a while since our last collab and we're doing a new one. It's going to, it is going to incorporate some waiting to be signed element as is traditional. So look forward to that. And when we can say more about it with certainty, we will. I think that's fair enough. That's an announcement. That's fair for an enough. Announcement. Yeah. Before we wrap up the episode, Big thanks to everyone who donated to the 25 and up level. Thank you to Melissa Wiederect, Verse, FX Hash, Dan Murphy, Dan Cat, Dirtis, EGS5000, Jaras, Mike G, Abstractment, Art Ralgo, Roxanne, Sean MB, and Tender. Thank you everyone for supporting us. We'd love to see it grow. All right, Trinity. Well, I hope you enjoy your weekend. Thank you for recording as always. It was great to catch Thank up. Thank you, Will. I'll see you next week at the Luke event and for our next episode. Thank you all for listening. Bye everyone.